one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Andy Murray from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on Friday night's episode of Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown but also Raw, NXT, Dubai. AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Andy to look back on SmackDown. Both Dadly Boys off sick today, adding more fuel to the fire that mm. they actually live together. Well, they both live in Dadleyville. Indeed. Must be something going around the village. Hope they are well. Um, yeah. We wish them well in their recovery. Uh, but yeah, here to talk about SmackDown, which was a show dominated, well, not really by the big things that actually happened on it, i.e., you know, big world title feuds, but a horrific injury yeah. to Big E. And a name change that no one saw coming. Yeah, it was kind of a show. Um, when when you came out of it, the two main talking points were bad for completely different reasons, yeah. weren't they? Um, obviously, the Big E situation is it's horrifying in the moment. Um, oh, my days. It was the only thing I read when I woke up. I don't watch Smackdown Live because it's on at crazy o'clock here in the <laughs> UK. But when I woke up on Saturday and got ready to read it, uh, to watch it, the first thing I saw was all the tweets, obviously, and the well wishes about Big E, and uh, yeah, it's horrible. Such a nice guy, such a generous guy with his time, and like uh, somebody that everybody roots for, whether they're a fan of his or a peer or or whatever else. It's really horrible. Um, the good news coming out of it is that he doesn't require surgery, of the course. Fractured vertebrae. Yeah, so it's like it's it's not as awful as it could be, which is fortunate um but there's obviously no such thing as a neck break that isn't horrendous no. um so yeah nothing but best wishes to that guy absolutely and uh yeah we'll cover butch uh, when we get to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh surreal like you say waking up to that news and biggie's got such a lovely face yeah that even the terrifying videos of him from his hospital bed in yeah. a neck brace made me smile because it's Big E. Yeah. But it was just terrifying Once in the interim where we kind of didn't really know what was going on. Exactly. You could sort of sense 
that this wasn't just a bit of a bad bump during the match. Uh, but just to yeah, just to reiterate, our uh, our best wishes go to to Big E in his recovery. Uh, he has been an absolute legend when it comes to working with what culture. Um, he deserves so much more. Uh, and hopefully we'll see him back in a wrestling ring, but only when he's ready. Yeah. Um, and hope his recovery goes well. As swift and painless as possible. Exactly. Uh, right, let's start at the beginning of SmackDown. It opened with Cowboy Brock coming <laughs> out. They did another recap of that MSG beatdown. I was going to say, you forgot about the obligatory five-minute recap package. <laughs> Come on, <Yeah>. son. <laughs> this is the beauty of, Andy and I were talking about this, is the beauty of watching SmackDown is... It's, what, meant to be a two-hour show, yeah. but I reckon if you watch it on double speed and skip stuff, yeah. we reckon you can watch it in less time than it takes to watch, like, Rampage or you, something. You really can. Just skip the video packages, skip the entrances. You are golden. <laughs> so Brock Lesnar makes his way down to the ring, uh, and he said that Reigns had changed the rules by his Madison Square Garden attack. He drew first blood. Now Lesnar wants revenge. He doesn't care about contracts or WrestleMania or even the WWE title, and he hoys that, and it nearly twats uh, Michael Cole in the face. Uh, he doesn't care any about any of that. He wants blood for blood. He calls out Roman Reigns, and he doesn't get him because Paul Heyman instead interrupts and tells Lesnar to calm down, talks about him being laid out and taken to pieces by Roman Reigns and the bloodline. And then he goes to sort of introduce Roman Reigns and then Swerve reveals Roman Reigns isn't here tonight. And then Lesnar has a little bit of a light bulb moment and says, oh, Reigns isn't here, is he? So uh, if he's not here, who's going who's gonna to protect you? And this sudden look of realisation dawns on Paul Heyman's face and he runs off as fast as his little <laughs> legs will carry him. Uh, and let's be honest, Brock Lesnar is rapidly gaining on him and they cut backstage and uh, Heyman's running through Gorilla, running through the back. Uh, he tries to get generic security to stop Brock Lesnar. I've watched this about five times. Brock Lesnar literally runs through one guy, absolutely trucks him, <laughs> uh, beats up the rest of them, but they sufficiently slow him down enough that Heyman can jump into a waiting car, and even Brock Lesnar can't quite run down a car. He almost, he almost got there. Almost did. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this opening. For a show that's like, all right, pump the brakes, no Roman Reigns yeah. on this. Uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar interacting with anyone he doesn't really need to care about is the most entertaining thing. Yeah, this was great. Like, there's just no bollocks with Brock at the moment, is there? Um, he's on such this such a great run character-wise. And of course, like, when he's really engaged in, in the zone, everything he does physically is awesome anyway because he has such a unique presence and explosiveness about him when he springs to life. I, I thought it helped coming into the show that there was continu continuity between the MSG angle and this, because Brock really looks like crap here. Like he had that, he was pointing to his yeah, eye, he yeah, had a yeah. little cut on his face as well. He had some gray in the beard. He was reddening up as he got angrier. Like he really looked like a guy who'd been roughed up um, from what looked like a pretty effective angle uh, at Madison Square Garden. I loved Paul Heyman's wacky little run. You could put some slapstick music over the top <laughs> of that and completely change the entire tone of this segment. Uh, I, I, looking in your rear view and seeing this man chasing after you must be absolutely horrifying. Like Jurassic Park. Yeah, like, exactly. Or this giant yoked bear just <laughs> steamrolling through every single security member. Yeah, I mean, everything Brock and, and Roman are involved with together or a part of the moment is must-see TV. Understand the complaints with regards to the unification that's not really a unification, mm -hmm. but it's a really good feud. And, um, 
Yeah, more cowboy Brock just running through dudes and threatening helpless managers who have weird runs. It's, <laughs> it's a good time, and it's like a full, pretty foolproof way to start the show. Yeah, considering, I mean, obviously they were sort of weirdly lucky with COVID protocol. Not that you would ever wish that on anyone, of course. But if you'd have said in December, this feud would still have, have lots of steam in mid-March, considering normally how they, you know, just sort of really burn out stuff. Yeah. Like, they, what are they going to do with, like, a, a Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar collide on this week's yeah, SmackDown coming yeah. up? And I'm like, yep, give me that again. <laughs> Put some generic people who I don't care if they get hurt in the midst of it all and let them all do what they need to yeah. do because that bit the other week with Brock Lesnar and the uh, security was just fantastic. Just like, I'm going to throw you or I'm going to hit you with a big table and it's your responsibility yeah. to protect yourself. Brock he's, just doesn't care. He's sensational, isn't he? Like, I do understand why people are, you know, the various reasons for people not liking Brock. Mm -hmm. His his push has steamrolled people over the years. Like, I, you know, the Elimination Chamber thing, while a hoot to watch, maybe he shouldn't have run the field. There's an <laughs> argument to make. There's an argument to make there for sure. Um, but he's just so awesome to watch, isn't he? Like, he's such a... A uniquely believable and energizing exactly, presence on yeah. these shows, and the cow the the cowboy stuff rules. So. And the thing is, it, it, you'd say like, "Oh, well, maybe they're over dramatizing it." But in reality, I watched him when he was first in the <laughs> UFC, and I think the second fight where he knocked Frank Mir down and just went, just "Run at him, yeah, run at yeah. him, head down like a bull, <laughs> yeah." Like that's what he does. That's exactly. genuinely how he'd, he'd handle himself in a fight. Like so. he handled Randy Couture as well. Like he was nothing. Yeah. Like. Uh, uh, Freak of a man. Wrestling will be a lot worse when he departs. Absolutely. Uh, right. Next bit's a bit weird. because uh, mm, Speaking of freaks. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they recap everything that happened with the ATV and what have you, and them smashing it with some sledgehammers, Seamus and Ridge Holland last week. Uh, again, this is all sort of overshadowed by what we know is to come. Uh, but before we get there, I have to get your thoughts on the fact that they, you know, they cut to a backstage interview with Seamus and Ridge Holland and they say, oh, no, we, we didn't smash up the ATV. We we streamlined it. It'll go faster than ever, blah, blah, blah. And they get excited about a fight night tonight. And then they say, oh, actually, we've got a new person to introduce you to. And they say, oh, you might know him by um, some other names. Pete Dunne, seeing as he's been on the main roster in... A rumble? In a rumble, yeah. Yeah, so, yep. and obviously in all this time in NXT, and NXT UK, but um, but yeah, we, you might know him as another name, but we've always called him, they've always called him, Aye. Butch. I've always said that, his name's Butch. Butch Andy. Yeah. So, wow, this, this whole deal, right? When someone comes in with a crap ring name, you get over it quite quickly, right? If someone came into the company tomorrow and they called him, John Bastard or something. <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd do a news video about it. Uh, we'd make a podcast. There'd be some social media stuff. But within a couple of weeks, you just go, okay, whatever, whatever. Dolph Ziggler, yeah. I say on a weekly basis. There you go. Dolph Ziggler is the most ridiculous name, not of all time, but it's up there. It's yeah. really bad. Um, Gunter is another one that we've kind of... That one I can't get used to. Yeah, like that. it's a similar ballpark to this Butch situation whereby you can't know a guy... Without like a clear turn, like a, a cataclysmic event that changes them, which we haven't had here. He's just put on a stupid hat and some suspenders. You can't just go and change somebody's name that you've known them as for years, Pete Dunn, 
and gone, ah, yeah, we've always known him as Butch. It's No, you haven't. Have these people even been... Obviously, Ridge Holland and, uh, and Pete Dunne had some time on camera together in NXT before yeah. Ridge's injury. Um, but it's like, no, they're, they're, nothing about this is believable. Like, you've gone from the most believable guy in the, other, in the entire company to the complete lack of believability in the writing team with this new... And it's a stupid name as well. I just don't get it right, because... What's the, and I realize that I'm talking about Walter and a segment with Seamus in it, yeah. right? But what is the logic behind your seal or your share? You have one name. Like, he's not, yeah. I'm right in thinking he's not Butch Dunn. No, he's he? just Butch. Just That's Butch. <laughs> butch, <laughs> yeah. Like, and the thing is, you look at elsewhere, your two WrestleMania world title matches feature Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, yeah. Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair. <laughs> you know, I, I know I'll refer to them as Charlotte and Ronda and Roman and Brock, but the, uh, surely just the legitimacy that having two names gives you, <laughs> let alone having the name Butch. He's like a discarded member of... <laughs> isn't he? It's just stupid. I just, I just don't understand the needs to... Do, I, uh, like... I'm I'm more amused by this than like upset or anything. It's yeah. not worth it's not worth getting you know wound up about. But like, what's the logic in this? Like Pete Dunne is a pretty simple name. There's two syllables, guys. Like it's not it, it's not too much for people to comprehend. Also, his nickname is the Bruiserweight. That's really cool. Yes, that sounds really tough. Butch in this situation does not, particularly when he's standing there dressed up like a Peaky Blinder Halloween costume. Yeah, it's sort like, of like knockoff Peaky Blinder, yeah. wasn't it? It's it's like we'll do that, but also the vest because then we want to kind of fit you in with the aesthetic of Ridge and Shane. Yeah, and it's just like. Pete Dunn kind of dressed up like a Peaky Blinder guy when he was in British Strong Style in Progress before he was in WWE. So I guess there's some line you can draw there. But all three of these guys look like complete tits. Like, <laughs> like Sheamus is one of the toughest guys, and Rich Holland as well, I assume, and Pete Dunn too. Like, three of the absolute toughest guys in the company. You dress them up in these goofy little hats, and I know Rich needs the face mask because yeah, yeah, of all yeah. that stuff. And these little vests and their coats and stuff. It's cartoon nonsense. I It's just... It's funny to me to watch it. It's not like, I'm not sitting there going, ah, oh, this is awful, I'm changing the channel. I, I'm laughing at it because it's just, it's a parody of what these guys should really be. And uh, yeah, I mean, Butch, when you're in the UK, you think of Butch Dingle from, from Emmerdale, <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't you, straight away. You might think of Bushwhacker Butch. Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I, of course, think of the Butcher. Shout-outs to of the course. great man. There's only one Butch in pro wrestling in 2022 <laughs> that I recognize. Um, but yeah, just... A whole pile of hilarious nonsense. Why? <laughs> yeah, not to bang on about this point, but I do sort of bring it back to the to the WrestleMania rule. And I realize that we're sat here probably only a few years away from Braun Breaker, maybe even <laughs> Braun Wagner headlining a WrestleMania. Maybe not together. Hopefully not together. <laughs> imagine but, Von Wagner's promos. Matt, you can't, like, it's the, I know I sound, you know, incredibly sort of old school here. But you can't imagine them saying, please welcome Butch. Yeah, I mean, imagine you, you, it's a two-night been this way with Shorty G and gone, oh, let's just make him Chad Gable again. And look how good he is. Yeah, exactly. It's just nonsense, isn't it? Like, it, it's kind of dewdrop all over again. Uh, yes. And we've kind of learned to live with dewdrop a little bit. But the difference is... Never take it seriously, though. Yeah, this is it. And, and the difference is dewdrop's not dressing up in a stupid costume every week. It's, if she came out dressed as like... I don't know, a character from, who else dressing? Oh, Game of Thrones every yeah. week. Then you'll be the same level of stupidity. I, 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 
what a bunch of numpties, man. And then, as we mentioned, <laughs> this whole thing was was overshadowed. We got the match, E and uh, Kofi Kingston versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Uh, and early on the new day, jump Sheamus and Holland for what happened last week. And they get the advantage and Big E stomping Sheamus in the corner. But And, and Andy and I are both watching this going, oh, God, when's yeah. it going to happen? Um, Sheamus fights back, hits Big E with a clothesline, uh, does the... Ten beats of the whatever it's called. Bowdrin. Bowdrin, thank you. There you go. Uh Seamus gets put on the apron. There's a schmoz with uh Kingston and Holland, and Kingston hits him with a crossbody, and then Big E misses the misses the splash to allow the heels to take over when we come back. Kingston and Seamus come in, and Kingston runs wild, drop kick, boom drop, sets up for the trouble in paradise, but of course Rich Holland causes a distraction. So Kingston has to hit the SOS on Seamus, but Holland dives in to break it up. Uh Big E again. Just, we're just terrifying. We know what's coming. We just don't know where. Yeah. Biggie goes for that spear through the ropes, and Holland just moves out of the way. And then they're out on the floor, and Holland goes to give Biggie a belly-to-belly suplex. And this is the moment where Biggie lands on his head and suffers this horror injury. Um, once again, just to reiterate, mm. hope he gets well very soon. And uh, please do send all the, the love you can to him on social media. Anyway, in the midst of all this, like you say, major sort of distraction while all this is going on. I think the referee even... Um, I think it was Jessica Carr, uh, sort of considers going outside to check Biggie because he's, he's just not moved. Yeah. Um, but Kingston goes up top, and then Butch, I think, at this point, hops up on the apron to distract him. It, all this, Holland's involved. All this allows Sheamus to hit him with a bro kick, uh, and they get the one, two, three, and then Butch is sort of set on Kingston until Sheamus and Holland have managed to sort of drag him off because he's just this scrappy do I'm gonna kick the crap out of you type character but yeah completely overshadowed this match wasn't it yeah of course it was a horrible viewing experience if you heard the story if you weren't watching it live and you heard about the injury before it was a horrendous viewing experience because you're sitting there waiting for a terrible spot and if I wasn't tasked with covering professional wrestling I would just skip the match because I'd known it was coming I don't want to watch that um performer I really like landing on his head and breaking his neck. It was a, a decent TV match um, in construction, but like you say, completely overshadowed by by the obvious. Uh, not inter- interested in these these online conversations that often happen where we try and attribute blame. I, I don't think that's appropriate no, no, at no. all. Uh, just a horrible thing all around. I'm sure everybody involved feels awful about it. Um, and Biggie, yeah, one of the nice guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys worked really hard. To be where he is deserves nothing but great success in this in this sport, and uh, hope he makes a full recovery. Hope he makes. Uh, I hope it's as swift and as painless as it can possibly be. And uh, yeah, I, like I said earlier, like it's just good news that it's not as awful as it could have been. Yeah, but uh, still a terrible situation. And uh, yeah, all the best to Biggie. Nothing but admiration for that guy. Uh, thankfully, to lighten the mood, we cut backstage to Sami Zayn, uh, having had a recap, of course, Ricochet, taking that IC title from him due to a Johnny Knoxville distraction the other week. Um, and in the back... Hi, Kayla! Uh, Kayla Braxton is uh, <laughs> chatting to him. Uh, I saw a great bit on on wrestling Twitter the other day with Triple H getting angry with Lillian Garcia announcing him as the former world champion. Yes. Again, here, Zayn, furious that he gets described as the former champion. Uh, and then they share the footage from TMZ of Johnny Knoxville responding to Sami Zayn, who had got Knoxville's number and sort of 
prank called him or, or just constantly harassed him and texted him or what have you. So Knoxville got Zane's phone number, put it on the back of a plane and flew it over Los Angeles. And they they, re, they sort of updated us throughout the show that Zane had had, I think, 11,000 calls or messages or whatever <laughs> it may be. Uh, but Zane, again, blows a gasket here by saying, don't show more footage. Don't show my phone number again. Um, but he says, I haven't had a chance to prepare, of course, for this rematch as a result of Johnny Knoxville's actions, but bollocks to it. Uh, it's fine. I'll, uh, I'll I'll get Ricochet back. He got a lucky break, basically, uh, and promised to win the title back. I just love Sami Zayn blowing a gasket is never not entertaining. Yeah, he's the guy you want to put in feuds like this, isn't he? He's the perfect uh, guy to come in and enhance the celebrity and be annoying and, and be over the top and be preposterous. It's what he's great at. Um, and it's part of why WWE is the perfect place mm. for Sami Zayn. Um, he can just do his really over, really fun character on TV every single week. I get why people don't like having celebrities on TV. And it, it's all part of a, an attempt to tie in with Jackass and, and, and bring eyes to the pro. Whether or not it's going to succeed in that department, well, the numbers will tell that story. But look, I've, I'm having fun with this. It's just stupid and it's dumb. And it's like sometimes when you have... Things like Butch going on. You just need something a bit light and a mm. bit wacky and a bit five out of ten, don't you? Mm. Like, <laughs> it's fine enough. I, I don't know what the match is going to look like, but Johnny Knoxville threw some pretty stiff shots in that Royal Rumble, brother, oh, so yeah. maybe it'll be a shoot. Who knows? Strong style Sami Zayn versus Knoxville. <laughs> you know Knoxville's going to take some mad bump. Sami Zayn yeah. will be up for out as well. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I just don't get the whole, oh, bloody taking someone's spot. Well, yeah, I get it. But it's, 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 it, you should not be surprised by this by now. It's what WrestleMania is. Like, WrestleMania, since day one, has had celebrity. Yeah. WrestleMania is not like we need to get out Mr. of it. Mr. T's taking someone's spot. Yeah, oh, I can't believe Wrestler X, who's a really good... That's not how it works. It's WrestleMania is not about let's have 17 technical classic matches. It's show, it's pomp and circumstance, it's a... Pantomime. It's more pantomime than any other part. It's the best version of WWE's wrestling buffet. There you go. Yeah, it's big, dumb fun for the most part. And you will have meaningful matches peppered in there. Like, oh, yeah. You know, last year we had Sasha and Bianca uh, and the Night 2 main event, which was great as well. But you also have silly crap like this. You've had it since day one. you got to accept it for what it's worth and try to enjoy the ride. If you can't enjoy the ride, skip it. Simple. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, one ride I'm really not enjoying is Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin and their dreadful road to WrestleMania. Well, their road to WrestleMania is a roundabout that never ends. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the road to WrestleMania was finished about four weeks ago it feels like if not more yeah. and then they went well what about this uh what about this off-road that takes you in a loop like andy said around mad cat moss crescent or something <laughs> and you've already been there two months ago but regardless there was meant to be a match between and i'm kind of not exactly that good that we missed out on it oh no not this Aye. i love drew mcintyre and the viking raiders i think they are great but I'm not asked about seeing them face Happy Corbin, Mad Cat Moss, and Jinder Mahal. So McIntyre <laughs> makes his big entrance. He's still, you know, hugely popular, uh, but he's waiting for his partners, and then it was revealed that the Viking Raiders uh, have had their crap kicked out of them by Corbin, Moss, Mahal, and Shanky. Uh, and then the heels come out and attack McIntyre, and he fights back, but the numbers game catches up to him. And as Corbin sort of stood there taunting and directing traffic, McIntyre breaks free because it's Moss, Mahal, and fucking Shanky. <laughs> and uh, McIntyre wrecks everyone. Corbin legs it, and McIntyre beats down everyone, hits Shanky with a Mishinoku driver, and points his sword at the WrestleMania sign to say, like, well, me and you are WrestleMania. And I was like, have we not done this already? <laughs> I do. What was the point of this? This was completely worthless. I mean, it added nothing to this no. long-running feud that has been going on for ages and ages and ages. And I guarantee, if, even if they do a video package, which I don't think they should, because I don't need a recap, Yeah, it'll be the backstage attack from TLC, I want to say. I mean, you could insert any pay-per-view Yeah, in the there, one where they you? tried to murder him and the referees yeah. just stood there and watched, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then his return, and then in a few bits with him and Mad Cat Moss... Maybe if it won't nearly kill Madcap Moss because Madcap Moss tucked his head for some reason on a yeah, reverse was, Alabama slam thing. Um, and then just, yeah, it's five minutes this at WrestleMania for me. Yeah. yeah. Not, I feel bad because I feel like Drew's still not really had his WrestleMania moment. Yeah. But it's this not this. It. Yeah. No, this isn't it, man. This is rubbish. It, it's just repetitive to the extreme. It's kind of like everything you... People have been complaining about WWE's booking for years. It's we don't have anything else for for these guys, and Drew in particular is the one you would want to have something bigger mm-hmm. to do on the card. So we'll just do the same thing over and over again, <laughs> but we will provide some slight variation because hey, here's Jinder. He's got some past with Drew that we completely messed up oh, when we did that feud in SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah, and he's got a Shanky, and over here we got the the Viking Raiders. It's it's rubbish. I let Drew look pretty hard uh, beating all these guys up but it's kind of undermined at the end because he's standing there with this dumbass sword and this stupid prop that they keep suggesting oh, he's going to decapitate <laughs> Pat McAfee said on commentary, on commentary here uh, talking about how happy Corbin had said he was going to take Drew's head off at WrestleMania, and he's standing there holding the sword. It's like, you're not Hikaru Shida, mate. <laughs> we'll get to that on the Rampage review. Um, I, it's just, I, I, I often just analyze wrestling through the lens of believability, and this sword is the most unbelievable. Yeah, for a split second, like you say, when he had Shanky in there, I thought, like, what's he going to do? And I was like, all he can do 
he's maybe like spank him on the ass yeah. with it. Is he going to? Because he can't. Him? He can't decapitate. He can't yeah. stab him through. Disembowel him. Like what? It's just total <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Total nonsense. I I will say this. Mad Cat Moss is really good at being annoying. With Cackling. His, yeah, his squeals and his howls. And, <laughs> and he looks like a complete fanny in those shorts with the suspenders. It's like, I quite like his role. Absolutely, yeah. I'm with you. And, and Corbin goes all in as well. And it's like, sure, they're fine little jobber guys to, to elevate guys like Drew. But like... This feud is the drizzling shit, and, mm. uh, you know, I'm going to watch WrestleMania live, obviously, but I will be taking my time and making my popcorn during this. Absolutely. And don't blame you. <laughs> uh, then there was a Ronda Rousey segment. Uh, she's quite popular here. She did a, she's really over, wasn't a decent she? promo yeah. uh, saying that Flair describing her as a one-trick pony because all she's got the armbar is a bit like describing Mike Tyson as a one-trick pony because all he does is knock people out with punches, <laughs> which I thought was a, a great comparison and got a nice reaction from the crowd. Um, she talks about adding the ankle lock to her repertoire to prove that. Um, and she mentioned her mentor, Kurt Angle. Um, and she said about tapping Flair out last week. This, of course, brings out Charlotte Flair, who says, oh, well, I was wearing heels. I was wearing an expensive suit. Um, I don't care if you've got the ankle lock now. Um, and uh, it's back and forth. She says, you know, you won't tap me out, but just tap me out. You know, no one's can tap me out. You're not going to tap me out at WrestleMania. And Ronda sort of off mic goes, well, you mean like I did last week? <laughs> uh, and anyway, there's a challenge laid down. And then, uh-oh. <laughs> how has that got over with me? That was really fun. Uh, Charlotte Flair just, just bails. And uh, a Rousey basically promised that she was going to batter uh, mm. Flair at WrestleMania and either tap her out or leave with her arm. <laughs> yeah, or her ankle. In this case, indeed, Ronda has definitely found her voice from those first few appearances. Um, didn't feel right in the Royal Rumble, and then the next night on Raw, it was a little bit like, okay, the the charisma's not quite there, but you've mm-hmm. been away away for a while longer. Um, I thought she was good here, uh, for sure. This was fun little segment. Charles, Charles, <laughs> Charles, Charles, Charlotte Flair, not Charles Flair. It's <laughs> uh, is is really good at, uh, like you said, the uh oh, being really obnoxious, enhancing the moment with little moment, little bits and pieces like that. I'll hold my hands up. I was like, you have to put Ronda with Becky this year. Yeah, and I get Same. it why they've done it two years and you know a year in advance, effectively yeah. for next year. One would assume. But I was like, oh yeah, this is this is perfect because yeah. no one can look at this and go. I think you want Charlotte to win this one. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and they've they've found a way where those concerns have been kind of pushed to the side, and they now have these two matches. They have Becky to build two next year. So they've kept something on the shelf, which is just just good booking. Yeah. Um, I will say, and I'm going to nitpick WWE booking, which is a silly thing to do because they <laughs> they paint with strokes that are so broad they make mm. the autobahn look like a little country path. <laughs> um, but. Ronda Rousey going, hey, I've learned an ankle lock is not good strategy, Ronda. They're going, hey, I'm going to do this move on you. Yeah. Maybe maybe keep that to yourself. And st- like, if WWE storytelling was a little less in your face, they would have told this in the ring and she'd have gone for an ankle lock that would have taken Charlotte by surprise and the commentators would have gone, of course, Kurt Angle, her mm. first mentor, harking back to the wrestling. Like, that's how a more skilled writer would put this together. Um, But they can tell a story around it in a different way now, I guess. Ronda can go for the ankle lock. Charlotte can learn a counter. Um, Hopefully there's some consistency between this segment and the match itself. 
But this was a decent enough appetizer for what would come later on in the evening. And yeah, Rousey is uh, like, you know, it, it came out last week that uh, she is the percentage of abusive tweets sent to Ronda Rousey yeah. is higher than any other female athlete in the world. So it's no longer, it's not a surprise, therefore, when she does these interviews away from WWE and goes, the fans suck because <laughs> she's getting a, just a, an abhorrent amount of complete pish from the most vile people on earth on social media. Um, so it's nice to hear her getting good crowd reactions exactly. in this role on TV. So I love Ronda, always have as a performer and uh Looking forward to the match. It, you know what I do? Like you say, is it not say, ooh, I've got an ankle lock, right? Yeah. Just because the whole point of, of what she was saying in part here was, I get it, you go, well, you're not going to put me in an armbar, but I can get you an armbar from anywhere, basically. Because yeah. she's a brilliant mat-based wrestler. That was, you know, judo. I know people eventually thought of her as a more striker, but that is a fan of her in the UFC. I'd splash out and get the footage of her versus, I think it was Kat Zingano. It's like a 10, 15 second match. A Kat yeah. thinks like, well, I can't just just like go five rounds with her. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to run at her. <laughs> and I think she goes for a knee or something. And literally Ronda just catches, spins her over, rolls around, blah, 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 arm bar. Yeah. Uh, or or uh, Kimura or something along those lines, basically. Just, I, I, I assume it'd take a bit of money, but it ain't short of it. Yeah. Just chuck some money at that and just be like, because that's just going to wow people of yeah. like, she is lethal like highlight reel stuff from her early ufc career would not just photos visuals yeah I mean. exactly like that would go a long way um yeah i mean if there was a way to make that happen they should definitely do it it's, yeah. it's just a great idea maybe maybe save some of those later fights but then yeah. actually like then you could use like charlotte coming out and going hey you did this early you in got your a career. chin you got a weak chin yeah or like Hey, we've booked a really great feud. Good job. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, then we got Sasha Banks and Naomi versus that infamous team of Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Best friends, uh, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. They just they've done. Uh, they've, I feel like they've been in some weird three on three matches because they're just heels yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> what the, what the hell is? But this was just generic. Let's give a team a win on the road to WrestleMania in the tag team title match. Um, I did like the bit where Baszler and Nao, uh, Baszler and uh, Natalia came in and basically split, like pulled their legs yeah. apart. Uh, that was very impressive. Uh, Naomi fights back though. Bank gets the hot tag, runs wild, a nice meteora straight away to Natalia. Um, and then in the midst of all this, because you've got the tag team champions who are watching uh, at ringside, uh, Banks gives Natalia a tilt a whirl, head scissors into them. Uh, Naomi hits Baszler with a crossbody off the steps. It looks like Natalia might have the match won. She hits Banks with that discus, discus clothesline of hers for a near fall. Zelina jumps up on the apron to help, but Banks <coughs> sends Natalia into her and then pins Natalia for a straightforward three-minute victory, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's not really worth diving into in any great detail, but, like, kind of sums up the state of the women's tag division a little bit, doesn't it? Because it's two thrown-together tag teams. Um... And Shayna and Natalia, it's like, why? If you hadn't split up, and I'm not saying they were this all-time classic tag team or whatever, but if you hadn't split up Natalia and Tamina, right, This they could have been perfectly used here because mm -hmm. they won the belts last year. So there's some really nice symmetry there. Mm -hmm. If you go, on the road to WrestleMania, you've got to beat these former champions who've done it before. And it's not just... 
hey, Shayna's here because <laughs> random person who's also a heel. And it feels a little bit more natural. And it feels a bit more organic. And it's not this big game-changing thing. It's just a small detail that would make stuff like this feel more believable. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Like, Sa- some of Sasha's stuff looked really good. Like, I, I enjoyed her kind of whipping both of the heels out of the ring and then throwing them into, well, doing another head scissors and mm-hmm. whipping them into Zelina and uh, and Carmella at ringside. Um, but these matches are what they are. They, you, you can see every beat coming. When heels are at ringside, they're either getting embarrassed or they're prompting a distraction victory. Exactly. And, you know, we got the former, so cool. <laughs> uh, then we got the Usos, again, recapping uh, what happened to MSG. Saved a loads of time watching this show. Yeah, man. Uh, and then they chopped like 40 minutes yeah, off. It's great. They got a promo <laughs> uh, talking about the fact that they were nearly, they've nearly been tag team champions for a year. Roman Reigns has been world champion for nearly two years. Uh, everybody else is the twos because they the ones. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and then out comes uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Uh, they have been off driving that truck. The adverts you may have seen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether that's kayfabe or not. I don't know. What is this company? Regardless, <laughs> obviously the Usos attacked the two of them uh, a week or so two ago. And they uh, do the big uh, Rick Boogs introduction. Um, and then he they want a match at WrestleMania for the tag titles. And the Usos <laughs> laugh at them because Rick Boogs is <laughs> hobbling down to ringside. He's basically on one leg. His, his uh, right leg's really strapped up at the knee. Uh, and they say, all right, well, tell you what, if you, Rick Boogs, can defeat Jey Uso, you can have yourself a tag team title spot. And, uh, again, they just mock him because he can't stand. And then, like, I just, this is such a, like, basic childhood wrestling. Ah, brilliant <laughs> from me. Rick Boogs, about 30 seconds of the match, pushes off Jey Uso, takes the, the white tape, the white uh, wrapping or strapping around his knee off, and reveals, yeah, he faked it. His knee's absolutely yeah. fine. Uh, and he showcases that by getting Jay in like this bear hug, then lifting him up into position for a delayed suplex where he like squats down on one knee. He's just a freak. He's, He's so good. He's the guy who should beat Roman Reigns for the world title. <laughs> Me and Andy have decided today. <laughs> have we? <laughs> yeah. We hit him with, he hit Jay Uso with a press slam. Jimmy tries to intervene. There's stuff with Nakamura, uh, who Jimmy eventually takes out at ringside. Uh, but Boogs fights back and hits the Boogs Cruise on Jey Uso to get the victory, to earn themselves a title match at WrestleMania. And to, uh, well, <laughs> to put the stamp of approval on it, Jimmy Uso breaks a guitar over Rick Boogs' head after the match. Yeah. This was simultaneously a lot of fun and a lot of crap. Uh, Fair. (laughs) It was fun to watch it unraveling because these guys are all such engaging performers. And, like, Boogs is such a freak, man. Like, physically a complete monster of a boy. The way he hoists people in the air, keeps them there, dangles them, changes position, drops them down. Um, He's so much fun to watch on TV and, like not content with looking exactly like Rick Rude. He's now <laughs> copying Kevin Nash coming out of the wheelchair a bit, isn't he, with the injury angle here. But why I say it was kind of complete crap as well is because this is uh, all over the place. Like, I, I thought the Usos just looked like complete idiots for following oh, for yeah. this, for one. And it's like, is that really the best way to, to portray your heel champions before the pay-per-view they... They fall for this injury stunt, and then they lose in like a minute or two minutes or yeah. however the heck long it was. Um, and at the same time, it's not great babyface stuff, faking an injury to to take an advantage. Like, I'm not going to harp on it too much, but it's it's 
kind of wrong. What I'm saying is I think they yeah. could have gotten to this match a little bit more elegantly than the way they did. Yeah. Um, but look, I despite these problems, I still had fun watching it. Mm. And if WWE is, is, is something we don't... You know, you don't sit there and go, ah, oh, God, I'm really upset at this booking because it's not worth your energy. If it's something that we just take as like popcorn entertainment, I was sports entertained enough Indeed. to give it a pass. Uh, then we got the main event. It was Sami Zayn versus Ricochet for the IC title. But before that, after they've made their entrances, Austin Theory's music hits and he walks down to ringside. Uh, and again, after the other week where he announced that he would be McAfee's opponent and slapped his headset off, he comes down and gets in McAfee's face. Same thing again. Slaps the uh, headset off Pat McAfee's head. But Pat McAfee, this time, he ain't going to stand for this. I know he's there to do a job, but he just blew his top, leapt over the table, started brawling with Austin Theory all around ringside, uh, and officials have to pull him apart. And, uh, well, Pat McAfee's informed that he, he has to go, basically. They uh, sort of recapped this at one point uh, after a break in the main event. And uh, Cole's like, I'm not really sure about his commentary career. He's kind of been a little bit unprofessional. He's got a job to do. But I love this. Yeah. Bit of fire from Pat McAfee. Really good angle. Uh, really, really good angle. That's a bit, it, the positioning was a bit weird after the ring entrances. It's like I felt it could have maybe been its own thing somewhere else on the cards. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pat's so explosive in, uh, in the way he leaps to life, as you'd expect from his athletic career as mm -hmm. in the NFL. Um, I know he was just a punter, but whatever. Uh, yeah, lots of fun. Uh, we're going to get Vince involved somehow, mm -hmm. somewhere. Uh, I think he's a low-key banger waiting yeah. for these two. I, Austin Theory can work. It, this could be just a, a fun mess, I think, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, like uh, a chaotic, <laughs> wild thing that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but comes together as the most perfect car crash. I'm here for it. Speaking of chaos, main event, I see title on the line, Ricochet versus Sami Zayn. <laughs> I did like the <laughs> bit where Michael Cole said, uh, I think Johnny Knoxville and Jackass have uh, influenced uh, Ricochet's high-flying style. What? Yep. Mm, sure they have, pal. <laughs> so back and forth early on, we go to a break. Like I say, we come back and Cole's slagging off Pat McAfee and saying he's never going to work in this town again. Um... Ricochet takes over, though, hits a springboard clothesline, goes to the recoil, but Zayn blocks it. Ricochet goes up top, and Zayn shoves him off into a barricade. That took us to the break. Uh, when we come back, there's some near falls. Zayn goes for a suplex. Ricochet reverses into a Hurricane Rana for a nice two count. These two work so well together. Yeah. Uh, Ricochet goes to that hands, head spring, elbow thing, uh, but Zayn perfectly reverses it into a blue thunderbomb for a nice near fall. Um, they fight on the top rope. Ricochet knocks Zane off, but he recovers. Zane comes back up and gives Ricochet an exploder suplex. He looks like he's got the match won, sets up for that Aluva kick of his that won him the title. Uh, but Ricochet counters with the recoil and hits a oh, hard-hitting-looking 630 splash right on Sami Zayn's cock uh, <laughs> to uh, retain the yeah. Intercontinental Champion, although... This match went about 20 minutes. No, it didn't. I went about 12 minutes. That's what I'm thinking <laughs> of. But it could have gone 20 for me. Yeah. I just love these two in a ring together. Yeah, they've got great chemistry. They work really well together. Sammy brings enough scuzzy heelness. Uh, Ricochet brings enough babyface flash. The blue uh, thunderbomb pinfall only works as a heel, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It, it just... I'm like, oh, I'm going to win it. Exactly. Like, no, you're not. We've seen you yeah. this a million times. No one ever wins a match with a blue thunderbomb, Sammy <laughs> Zane. Uh, when I'm able to bite on that, it's it, it's just a triumph of the craft. Um 
yeah, it's good stuff. Really good stuff. Finally doing good stuff with Ricochet. Yeah, like, it's really not hard, is it? It really shouldn't be hard to get the best out of Ricochet. Um, he's not going to talk himself into, like, a universal title program for the ages. But, like, he's the most spectacular high flyer you have on your books. You amplify the strengths and you hide the weaknesses. And what they've done over the years is completely failed at amplifying the strengths by not having him wrestle enough. Um this was good. It was a nice little taster of what Ricochet can do. Uh, there were some really nice exchanges here. Uh, that there was a weird suplex thing that somehow ended up reversed into like a sunset flip for a Ricochet yeah. pinfall. It was really well crafted and well executed. Uh, I like the recall counter out of the Helluva kick a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of fun across the board. And it provides separation as well. Shouldn't be the case, but Johnny Knoxville is a bigger deal than the Intercontinental title. That's just a fact. It's yep. not my opinion. I wish it wasn't the case, but that's what it is. You, Sammy goes to the pay-per-view on the back of a loss here. Ricochet comes out of it looking good. He may not get a pay-per-view match. I hope they put the IC title on. I hope they do too. I hope they do too. But they don't really care. So yeah, they don't. Wins. They haven't really cared about the belt for you know, aside from a few moments for about twenty years. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I hope they do, but I don't know if they will. Either way, yeah, good stuff. Uh, a slight preference for the match the other week, but hey, this was still good. And yeah. and uh, I was going to say a fun way to close the show, but it didn't close the show. Well, exactly. It? You and I had the same feeling watching this. We're looking at the clock, going, "Oh, a three minute celebration yeah. for Ricochet. Yeah. It's going to be interesting." But no. Oh, they cut backstage, and Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair uh, have just been brawling back there. Pull-apart brawl. Referees get involved. It's it's a game of spot the ex-WWE superstar involved in there. Uh, Pat Buck, who you might remember, did some stuff with Nia Jax, I saw was in there. That's right. Uh, the Hurricane was my favorite spot of all. Uh, but yes, they are brawling, and they kept getting pulled apart, and then going, piss off you. And just chucking blokes everywhere <laughs> and then kicking the crap out of each other. Uh, and in the end, Flair suplexes Ronda Rousey on a uh, car's hood and uh, beats her down. And Flair walks off and, and Rousey's been uh, put down by her, basically. Uh, a brawl to end SmackDown. And for, considering we w- sort of watched that promo early and went, what was the point in that? Yeah. They turned it around for me here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it turned out that once you'd watched them both together, the... The first segment turned out to be a nice appetizer for what yes. came later on. Um, Let it play out. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. <laughs> Cursed sentence. Um, if you just had the the initial segment on its own, yeah, it would have been a bit like, oh, well, I mean, Charlotte saying that thing was funny, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was good. Uh, fish hooking the mouth always looks great when you put the fingers in the corner oh, yeah. of the mat and mouth and pull back on it. Uh, Shame has had that taken off him then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, there's a reason stuff like that is banned in mixed martial arts. So it always looks good when you do it on TV. And uh, yeah, I thought this succeeded in taking the feud up a notch. Um, the production was horrendous. Like, oh my days. WWE's production is always kind of headache inducing with the cuts and everything. But like, the way the cameras wobble around and zoom in and out to create a sense, it's like, it's chaotic enough. When the performance is this heated, you don't need the extra bollocks. Uh, Kevin Dunn's kind of, it's kind of like flogging a beat. Again, suplex on a car. I just, yeah. just show me that, and I know what that, I know that would absolutely suck. It, exactly. And like they, they were both like roughed up, and like Ronda at the end there looked like she'd been through a war. You don't need to wobble around and go zoom, zoom, zoom. It's like, <laughs> it gives me nausea seeing this stuff. And it's like comfortably one of the worst things about WWE TV. I really wish they wouldn't do it. 
They're not going to change it just because some moany Scottish guys complained about it on a podcast. But I tell you what, they should. Absolutely. I don't want to be sick when I'm watching wrestling, no, man. They, did, they didn't need to do that for this, and it yeah. still put, would have got the uh, the point across. Yeah. Uh, Good hot, angle. Though. Yeah, hot angle to end SmackDown with. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Andy Murray at... At Andy H. Murray. The H stands for... Hip. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Send your best wishes to to Hamlet Sidgwick and, of course, to Biggie, as we mentioned. Uh, And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, We're going to be reviewing Rampage and looking ahead to Monday Night Raw a little bit later on today. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Andy Murray. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 